Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? sometimes too and it's like wait a second uh but you know the old saying shame on you know fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on what what happens if it's like multiple times uh, just saying again i'm not trying to get too political but so not only though antiochus he came to power with these slippery words he knew what to say within the kingdom he was able to just just say whatever needed to be said but he also did this with rome to hold them off he sent them tribute. He sent ambassadors. He said all the right things to Rome. Uh, and we're going to see later, though, it's going to come to a head. It's going to backfire on him. But this is what he did. He came to power with all these promises, Antiochus did, just as we will see with the Antichrist. The thing that is different between Antiochus and the Antichrist is this. Antiochus came to power, and then the Roman Empire started um, controlling him. They put their thumb on him, and he despised it, and we'll see that. But the Antichrist will come to power through the Roman Empire, the revived Roman Empire. He will destroy three of the ten kings of the Roman Empire, the revived Roman Empire, and he will rule over them. So there's big differences that we'll look at next week. But we know this man Antiochus will be like the Antichrist in very many ways. He was very successful. Um, He came in with a small force. And then in an act of sheer civil cunning, what he did was something no one had ever done before. He came to power, and as he started to win some battles and take the spoils of war, anyone who said they'd be loyal to him, he started bribing them. He started giving them a universal basic income. I mean, you know, that's exactly what he started doing. He started giving them a welfare program and all this stuff if they would just cave to him and follow him. But this is the truth. This is what happened in history. He did this. No one had ever done this before. And so look at, again, Daniel eleven twenty-two through 24. It says this, with the force of a flood, they shall be swept away from before him and be broken, and also the prince of the covenant. Take note, because we'll come back to that. And after the league is made with him, he shall act deceitfully, for he shall come up and become strong with a small number of people. He shall enter peaceably, comes to power with peace, even into the richest places of the province, and he shall do what his fathers have not done, nor his forefathers. He shall disperse among them the plunder, spoil, and riches." And he shall devise his plans against the strongholds, but only for a time. And so this is what he did. Not only did he give bribes to Rome to hold them off, but he started bribing people in the kingdom, and they had never seen anything like this. No one had done this before. And remember, they were in turmoil. They were having a hard time making ends meet. They were having a hard time eating. And this new king comes to power that they didn't support and offers them all of this money and all these riches and all of these things. And so what happens? They pledge their loyalty to him. No one could really buy or sell. It's a kind of a foreshadowing of what we're going to see. But here's the other thing. This is a foreshadowing in another way. Many people believe the Antichrist is going to do the same thing. I joked about universal basic income. But believe it or not, it's coming. And especially during the tribulation. When everything is in turmoil, when everyone's panicking because what happened? The church has been removed from the planet. 
And all that treasure left behind by the church, all of our possessions, all those things that we had, many believe this is a foreshadow of what Antichrist will do. He'll divide up the spoils. He'll give people their basic income if they'll just pledge their loyalty to him. And not to alarm anybody, but we certainly see that kind of system being formed even now, don't we? Again, we'll look at more of that next week. But notice in verse 24 where it says this, They shall be swept away from before him and and be broken, and also the prince of the covenant. He did something else no one had ever done. So Antiochus comes to power. He's ruling over the empire of Syria, the northern empire, but he's also ruling over Israel. And in 175 BC, what he did, he came into Israel, pushed his own way in there, and decided to remove the high priest of Israel and put his own priest in power to do what he would want to have done, to support him in all these ways. Again, another foreshadow of the Antichrist. We know the Antichrist is going to have his false prophet to come and do his bidding spiritually. And in the same way, Antiochus did this same thing. He replaced the high priest of Israel, put his own priest in there who would do whatever he wanted to control the religious Jewish people, not only the the secular Jewish people through the money, through the bribes, but now he was going to control the religious Jewish people as well. And we know that's an abomination. We'll see he does worse than that. In fact, we know also this. Antiochus did, went so far as to force the Greek culture upon Israel. You've heard of Hellenistic Jews and all of this. What he did was so he could get away with his, his evil debauchery, he devised this plan to bring in Greek culture. And Greek culture would do this. It was focused on getting rich. It was focused on entertainment. It was focused on athletics. <laughs> Sound familiar? Don't look at what I'm doing. Just stay focused on the entertainment and stay focused on running after that that dollar. Stay focused on all the athletics. Stay focused on all that stuff so I can do my evil schemes. And again, Satan, there's nothing new under the sun. And and I'm just telling you, I'm I'm not here to harp on people or beat people over the head. But just pay attention to the world and what's going on. Pay attention to what's happening in our own nation. Pay attention to what's happening in our own community. Don't get your head in the sand. It's the worst place it can be. And if your head's in the sand, pull your head out. <laughs> My pastor today said, the sand, people. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. That's what Antiochus did. He got people distracted with money and power, wealth, entertainment, athletics, so he could get away with whatever he wanted. And so at this point, Antiochus was feeling pretty good about himself. And he was winning all these political and military battles, but he went against the king of the south, and when he did, he actually is going to win the first war to a certain degree, but he does it again with his slippery words. Again, this guy is a weasel, and he's foreshadowing the weasel to come, and that's my term, right? So um, to get people in the southern kingdom uh, under his control, what he did is he infiltrated them, and he found people in the kingdom that would betray their king because they were going through a little bit of division. And again, this is another tool of the enemy. The enemy gets his way into somewhere, raises up people within it, and then to betray the king. We see it in our own nation. We see it in the world. We see it in Israel. We see it all around in our communities. It just happens. It's another plan of the enemy. But look at Daniel 11.25. He, it's talking of Antiochus, shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army. But he shall not stand, for they shall devise plans against him. And who is they? It's all these traitors within his own kingdom. Because understand, the southern kingdom was going through turmoil as well. It was split. And um, there were basically two kings that were ruling over two separate empires. You had Ptolemy VI and then Ptolemy Urgetes. 
And so what was happening was this man, Antiochus, came to Ptolemy VI and said, hey, I'll make a deal with you. Um, I'll work with you. And they, they worked this out together to where I'll come to your aid and help you defeat this other person and we'll unite the throne under you and we'll be allies. The whole time, though, he's just being a weasel and he's actually raising up people within the entire southern kingdom to go against their king at the very end of it. Look at verse 26. Yes, those who eat at the portion of his delicacy shall destroy him. Speaking of Ptolemy VI, his army shall be swept away and many shall fall down slain. And so from history, we know this is exactly what happened. Antiochus raises up these traitors within the kingdom. They come against their own king and it helps destroy him. And Antiochus wins the battle. But don't feel so bad for, for this man, Ptolemy VI, because he was doing the exact same thing. He was trying to do the same thing to the northern kingdom. He was raising up traitors. He was trying to come against the northern kingdom in the same way. So don't feel so bad for him. These guys, they're, you know, come on. These guys are just um, a couple cheats and liars gambling with the lives of others, if you think about it. But look at verse 27. Both these kings' hearts shall be bent on evil, and they shall speak lies at the same table, but it shall not prosper, for the end will still be at an appointed time. I love that last line, because no matter what the schemes of man, no matter what they do and they try to do, and they try to you know, twist and manipulate history, God's in control. God's timing is the one that matters, and God is in control. And everything that God said is going to happen, it's going to happen. You know, when we're looking at Daniel, we're looking at chapter 11, all these little minutiae of details. I told you there are 135 prophecies just in the first 35 verses. They all came true. They all came true. And these, this is just one chapter of the Bible. When God declares something, it happens because God's ultimately in control. And all of this that we're going through, all of history is just that. His story, I mentioned that last week. Remember, he's in control and he's allowing this for a season and a time because it's a proving ground. It's a testing ground. Do you understand? This life is a testing ground. Are you going to pass the test? That's what this life is. And it's but a vapor. We are here and then we're gone. You have just a little window of opportunity to make your choice on who you will serve. But this is what happened. We know Antiochus was victorious, but only for a season. And then on his return to the north, he he had to Uh, put down a rebellion from the Jews. They were having a rebellion. They basically wanted to remove the high priest he had put in there. And so he had to put that down. He killed several Jewish people, took some of them prisoner, and put down a rebellion on his way back to the north. But then we're going to see he's going to go back south. He wants to go down back south and destroy the rest of the Egyptian, the the Ptolemaic kingdom. He wants to do this, but he's going to run into trouble. Again, God's timing. He's going to run into the Roman Empire, and he's not going to be able to do it. He's going to meet a Roman fleet. Look at this, verse 28 through the first part of verse 30. While returning to his land with great riches, his heart shall be moved against the holy covenant. Now take note of that. So he shall do damage and return to his own land. At the appointed time, he shall return and go toward the south, but it shall not be like the former or the latter. For ships from Cyprus shall come against him. Therefore, he shall be grieved and return in rage against the holy covenant and be damaged. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website.
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.